Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey, my soldiers, how are you today? This is Sean, of course, surprise, it's me again. Episode 11 is all about loss. And what the heck is loss? Well, I've been informed that it's always better during these podcasts if I don't do, rely too much on uh, Google uh, searches and articles and whatnot. So the only thing I'm going to do is pull up what loss means according to the dictionary. So loss is the act or an instance of not having or being able to find. Or it's a person or thing harmed, lost, or destroyed. It's a failure to win a contest. Or the amount by which something is lessened. My favorite definition for loss is the state of being robbed of something normally enjoyed. So why are we talking about loss? Well, we've been going along and talking about all kinds of different things, like what would we wish for, what makes us angry, how do we deal with that, how do we make decisions? Okay, that's all great and everything. And sure, I've talked about who I am and what I've done, dating and all that stuff, which seems to be the most popular episode so far. Great. But what is loss and why are we talking about it? Everybody deals with loss in a different way, in their own way. People lose different things. So let's uh, let's get right into it here. No no funky preamble. I'm just going to get right into why I want to talk about loss and kind of why I wanted to start the whole podcast. Uh, I've lost a lot of things in my life, and I've been told quite often or and repeatedly that, hey, you should go talk to a counselor. You should go see a psychologist. You should go talk to someone about this. Uh, go call up your... Uh, EAP, Employee Assistance Program at Work, and, and, and find somebody to talk to. And I, I've done a little bit of that, but it, it's awkward talking to a stranger, and I find it doesn't always help. And in fact, the last time I called that line, talked to a guy down south just over the phone, and he said, ah, you don't need to talk to anybody, you're good. And clearly, I wasn't good, but we'll get to that. All right, so what are some things that we could lose? Well, we could uh, we could lose a contest. We could uh, lose a, a sports game, and, and that's a, that's a type of loss. I, I've I was in the chess club in high school. I lost a lot of games, and I won a lot of games. But is that a devastating loss? It's not. Ah, I didn't win the game. Whatever. Um, I was in a trivia thing in high school as well. Sometimes I won, and sometimes I lost. It, it didn't really mean anything. Uh, a lot of times. I was in competition with people in my class, and they didn't always know I was in competition with them, but I was always trying to get a better mark than they had. So when I didn't get a better mark, I, I lost the, I don't even know what you would call it, the competition, the game, I, I don't know, because they didn't know that they were playing necessarily. So not really a loss, because if the other person doesn't know you're playing, then it's not really anything. The heart of the issue that I really want to talk about is loss of people that you're close to. So like I said in a previous episode, when I was around five years old, my parents split up and I lost a fatherly influence and I've been searching for one ever since in my relationships with friends, uh, stepfathers, fathers of girls I've dated. And there's no real replacement. And my dad's still around. In fact, we talked last night and that was fine. But 
I never had the the full experience of having a father day in and day out. So that was a type of loss. The first death in my family that I was aware of happened when I was five. My great-grandfather on my mom's side passed away. I, I was uh, I had just turned 10 and he passed and I knew him well enough I guess for a 10-year-old but it, it didn't really hit me and I didn't get to go to the funeral. So that was that was a loss. Sad, I, I that's 30 years ago almost well 31 now or close to it but uh it, it didn't really affect me in, a, in an impactful way he he was uh kind of a strange man he would uh, always hide in his sh- tool shed or his wood shop or whatever it was that he had or he would be out in the garden doing whatever he did so i, I didn't really know him that well but it was a loss not really too impactful on my life yeah so that was uh, september of 1986 and then nobody really passed away for quite a while that i'm really aware of maybe people on the periphery, but nobody super close to me. In 1996, my my dad's dad passed away, but I'd only met him maybe a dozen times in my life. And, and he was Dutch and didn't really speak very much English. So once again, not not very close. So the first few losses in my life weren't people that I was very close to. My dad's mom actually died two years before I was born, so no effect there. Would have been nice to have known her, but can't really say much about that because that's before my time. Great-grandfather and then grandfather passed away. And then uh, a few years later, in 1999, yeah, I think it was 1999, my uncle passed away because, well, he, uh, to put it bluntly, he killed himself because his wife was leaving him. So I was living in North Bay at the time, and I was coming home from school, walking across the street thinking, oh, you know what? Life is good. I, I actually feel happy. And then I got into the house and the roommate said, hey, uh, your, your mom called. You should uh, you should give her a call. I'm like, okay. So I did. And then she told me that my uncle had killed himself. I'm like, oh, well, isn't that fantastic? And he was, he was always on the periphery of life too, because years before he had uh, gotten into a knife fight at a bar and then he never ventured out of the house again because he was too scared. And didn't really know him as well either. He was always uh, kind of reclusive, did his own thing, kind of kind of a weird guy. So I didn't know him very well either. I knew him fairly decently, I guess. I knew who he was, and, and we had played together when I was a kid. It was Uncle Rob, but the last 10 or 12 years or so, hadn't really got much uh, interaction with him because of the knife fight. So uh, once again, another person passed away from fairly traumatic circumstances, but didn't affect me greatly. It was it was sad, and, and I was upset, and, and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't somebody that I was super close to. And then in 2000, mom's grandmother died, so great-grandma. That was super sad, because her and I were close. We'd spend a lot of time together. I, I'd actually spend time at her house, just me and her, and uh, she used to watch the Weather Network and, and that kind of thing, but she had a lot of different collectibles, and I'm a big collector. So we'd talk about those and we'd go for walks around the park that she lived by. And, and it, it was it was fun. We always had a great time. So yeah, that was that was very sad. That was sometime in 2000. I think she was 92 when she passed away. So she had a good long life. And, and how did I deal with all these losses? Well, in, in my family, uh, you talk about it a little bit, but then you just bury it and never talk about it again. So repression, that's how we deal with re- with loss in my family. Not necessarily the best way of dealing with things. You should talk to somebody. And I've learned that. Uh, you, you talk to your friends. You talk to a counselor or a psychologist or whatever. 
some, somebody that you can trust, somebody that knows you is sometimes a good thing, but sometimes it's best just to talk to somebody totally different, total stranger, because they can give you a different perspective. And if they know you, sometimes they'll sugarcoat it. Not, not necessarily a good thing. And they might be going through the same loss because if you know them fairly well, they were probably close to the person that you lost. So you're both dealing with pain and grief in different ways. So that doesn't help. Uh, so that was the year 2000. And then uh, I don't think anybody close really passed away then. After uh, great-grandma and Rob passed, my mom's parents, Bumpa and Didi, that's what I called them. Grandpa was Bumpa and Grandma was Didi. Just nicknames for them. They they uh, kind of isolated themselves. After a few years, Dee Dee stopped talking and inter- interacting with people, and I think they thought she had dementia. But she she I don't think that's what it was. They, they claimed it was Alzheimer's and whatnot. But I think she just kind of gave up on life and was so depressed at the loss of her mom and her son that she just gave up. So by yeah, I think 2003 or 2004, they put her in the hospital because nobody could take care of her. I was sad. And then in 2005 came what I would consider the biggest loss of my life. Trish and I had a son, born January 3rd, 2005, but not really born because, and this is super hard to talk about, he, uh, he was too big and the doctor was incompetent and it was too late to do a C-section and the baby was in the canal for too long and he didn't make it. Uh, that was January 3rd, 2005. We named him Xander Aaron Enzo. Enzo was uh, the, the proper name of Bumpa. Aaron's my middle name. So 2005 did not start out very well. And, and did I go see a counselor? I did not. In fact, it was very difficult for me to talk about. It's still very difficult for me to talk about nearly 12 years later. Is it more than 12 years later? It's more than 12 years later. It's almost 13 years now. And for about five years, I don't think I ever said his name. I, I just couldn't do it. It was, still is, extremely difficult. Uh, finally, in late 2009, early 2010, uh, Trish said enough is enough and hooked me up with a counselor. I was able to finally, finally start talking about it. It, yeah. Worst thing that I think anybody could go through is, is the loss of a child. <sighs> did I deal with it in a healthy way? No, I didn't. I repressed the heck out of it. Um, I did get a tattoo of his name. That was the first tattoo I had gotten. Uh, I'd wanted I'd wanted a tattoo since I was eight years old, and I finally got it when I was twenty nine. Memorial tattoo. Not uh, not the most exciting thing to do, but I had to do something to honor him. It's all I could uh, really do. It's such a powerless feeling, you know, and, well, um, but then we, then we had Bishop in, uh, in, in December of 2005. So, yeah, that was, that was a difficult pregnancy because in, in the first pregnancy, I, I talked to the belly and I, I did all the things that a father would do. And during Bishop's pregnancy, I, I couldn't talk to the belly. I, I it was, it, took me months to even acknowledge the, the fact that she was pregnant again. And, and then when he was born, uh, it was a C-section this time, just to, to be careful and be safe. And, uh, oh, yeah, they, they, took, they took Bishop out of, out of her, and he didn't breathe for the first 30 seconds, and I thought I was going through it all over again. I, I think I would have thrown myself 
off the hospital or something if that would have happened because he, he was a big boy too he was uh, he weighed 10 pounds 6 ounces and if my memory serves correctly Xander was 11 13 so Trish and I made some big babies so that that's what happened there and then in 2012 this is that's when the uh, the losses started piling up in rapid succession I finally decided that Trish and I weren't working out and we were just together for the pain and or, or because of the pain or because nobody could understand our pain or, or whatever it was but we, we finally drifted apart and in 2012 we split up and I went to see a counselor and had five or six different sessions and I think that kind of helped me through the transition phase but it, it was still a loss because we were together for nearly nine years my pretty much my entire adult yeah, pretty much my entire adulthood was with Trish, and she taught me a lot of things, and I'm forever grateful for her. Uh, she always said that uh, she felt bad because she caused me so much pain that I'd never felt until I was with her, but I, I lived a lot with her too, a, a lot because of her. So 2012, yeah, that was that was the end of that relationship. And then in January of 2013, Dee Dee passed away. Uh, in September of 2013, Bumpa's sister died. And then in October, Bumpa died. So I lost both grandparents in 2013. And then in 2014, actually on uh, Bridget's birthday, Bridget was uh, the girl I was with at that point. March 31st, 2014, I was driving to work. I got a call from my mom's house, but it wasn't my mom. It was her husband, Bill, my stepdad. And... I answered the phone, hey mom, and uh, all I could hear was crying on the line. Came to find out that mom had taken her own life that morning. So there was that was probably the second worst loss of my life. Um, so 2012, I lost my relationship with Trish. In 2013, I lost both grandparents and my great aunt. In 2014, I lost my mom. And uh, more, more lack of communication I, I didn't talk to a counselor I, that's the one I called the counselor and he said oh you don't need to see anybody and then in uh, June or July Bridget's parents split up and she needed sympathy and I couldn't give it to her and we uh, I'm not a fighter but uh, oh, we uh, we had a, a big argument on the phone I was trying to deliver the mail and keep it together and and she was calling and asking at looking for sympathy and I, I couldn't give it to her and and I yelled at her and it must have been loud enough because people turned their head and and I said listen I, I can't feel bad for you your parents are just split up mine mine's gone she hung up on me and it wasn't good and yeah it came and it went in the in the relationship but by uh, late 2014 early 2015 that was the end of our marriage and by the end of April, I had moved out and gotten my own place. So in 2015, I lost my wife. So I lost, uh, lost a big relationship in 2012, lost the grandparents in 2013, lost my mom in 2014. And in 2015, I lost my wife. So uh, how did I deal with the loss of my wife? Well, I was still dealing with the loss of my mom, so not very well. Um, that's when every day I would post positivity memes and articles and all kinds of stuff on uh, on Facebook. I didn't have Instagram back then or all that. So that would have been bombarded with it too. And uh, it took a good solid eight months or so until I could uh, finally feel like I was somewhat over the loss of everything. 
I'm still not, because how can you be? Cause that's that was loss after loss after loss, and so I've I've lost parents, I've lost grandparents, I've lost kids, uh, I've lost relationships, and guess what? I'm still here. How am I still here? Sometimes I don't even know. It's uh, it seems like a miracle from time to time, but uh, there it is. So what should I have done? How should I have dealt with all these losses? Should I have talked to counselors? Should I have talked to psychologists or psychotherapists or, or whatever kind of professional deals with this kind of stuff? Probably. Should I have had better communication skills with Bridget? Yes, most definitely. Because that relationship just kind of fizzled out, evaporated, disappeared. We've talked about it since and neither one of us fought for it and we just kind of let it go. So traumatizing, very sad, not Nothing, nothing good, nothing good came from any of this except for, um, I guess I got, became more awoke, awakened. I, I don't know what the proper term is. I've always been, uh, I think, a little bit more self-aware than other people. I don't know if that's true because I'm, I'm not other people, so I can't really say how they experience life. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably more aware, more awake, more awoke, whatever the term is, more enlightened. I don't know. I'm not even sure. I'm not trying to be pretentious here. Just saying that, uh, that that's how I've always felt. Whether it's true or not, I don't know because there's no way to to judge it, right? So anyway, uh, that brings us back to the earlier definition. The state of being robbed of something normally enjoyed. And that's true. I, I, I enjoyed my relationship with my mom. I enjoyed my relationship with the wife. I enjoyed my grandparents and all those relationships. Now, like I said, some of them weren't as significant as others. Like my uh, two grandparents at the very beginning, when I was 10 and when I was 19, because I didn't know them very well. So significant, yes, because it was part of the family, but wasn't really close to them, so it didn't affect me as deeply. But the my mom's parents did. My mom did. Uh, the loss of my son affected me big time. The, the only funny story I have about that is one time I was at work and uh, I was, we were talking about tattoos. We were going around saying what we had for tattoos and at that time I only had the one of my son's name. And so I said, oh yeah, I've got, uh, I've got uh, a tattoo of my son's name. And, and, the, and one guy who thought he was a smartass said, oh, is, uh, is that so you don't forget his name? I'm like, no, that's because he died. And I've never seen such a look of utter horror and shame on somebody's face in my life. So that, that actually made me smile because he was kind of a prick. So that, that was funny. But that's the only mildly amusing thing that ever came out of the loss of my son. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it for, for loss. Uh, have I lost anything in the last couple of years? Uh... I don't think so. Nobody else close to me has passed away, so that's good. What what can I tell you? How can I give you advice? Let's, uh, let's put loss on the forge here for uh, peeling back the layers of our soul. And the only conclusion that I have is that everybody suffers loss. Everybody deals with it in their own way. You have to deal with it however you can, whatever makes you happy. Don't lose yourself in the process like I did after the loss of my son. It, it's It's still hard to talk about. Yeah. Seek professional help if you have to. Don't uh, don't bury it. My my family is uh, from a long line of repressors, and that never works out well because it always comes back to bite you in the ass in the end. So so don't don't do that. And and that's one thing I think I've learned as well is that if something's bothering me, don't don't shove it down. Talk to somebody, a friend, somebody, anybody really. It doesn't even matter who it is. As long as you can talk about it and get it out of your system, 
that's what's important. And it's still hard for me to do that. I, I still find myself sinking into the whole repression phase and, and not, uh, not always dealing with things head on. But I'm getting better. And that's what life is about. It's constant improvement, struggle for improvement, and we keep moving forward. Right, guys? Right, soldiers? That's it. That's all we can do. So I realized that this was uh, kind of a bit of a heavy topic. Hope you made it all the way through to the end here. Uh, I would like to invite you folks, my listeners, to send me an email at soulforgepodcast at gmail.com about some kind of a lighter topic you'd like to hear about. I've, I've talked about sex and dating. I've talked about decision-making and anger and happiness and, and now loss. So let's, uh, let's turn it around. Let's talk about something fun and uplifting and exciting. What would you, what would you guys like to know about? I'm uh, pretty much open to any suggestions, so feel free to email me. You can, uh, you can tweet me at SoulForgePod on Twitter. D- have you guys checked out my Instagram yet? At Darth Vaderloo. That would be uh, fun. There's like almost 8,000 posts on there. I don't expect you to go look through them all because that's a lot. But anyway, uh, let's end on a positive note. If you're looking for a tie and you'd like to save some money on shipping, go to wearedapperties.com and put in promo code RUSTED and you could get free shipping on your tie order. That's, uh, that's a sponsor that recently contacted me. So yeah, just something light and fluffy at the end. Anyway, thanks for making it this far. Appreciate you guys. If you haven't, uh, I'd like a five-star review on the iTunes store. Or spread the word. Share the links. I, actually, yeah, if you guys haven't gone to the Facebook page, do that. Facebook.com slash Podcast. You can like it, and I'm going to put the links up on there, and you can share them on your Facebook to your friends and your family and anybody else that you know. That would be awesome. So once again, thanks for following me on the journey. And remember... Victory is reserved for those who are willing to pay the price. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Soul Forge. I hope you found some value in it. To contact the show, please email soulforgepodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at soulforgepod. We are soulforgepodcast on Facebook and you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Please spread the Soul Forge word by rating and reviewing us in iTunes and by telling everyone you know Thanks for stopping by the Forge.